Do you want to be a leader who gets noticed, gets things done, and gets real results? Then you need influence and authority. Join host Jennifer McClure to learn how to build authority, expand your influence, and increase your impact. This is the Impact Makers Podcast with Jennifer McClure. Hey there, Impact Makers. Welcome to the Impact Makers Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer McClure, and each week I share conversations with influential thinkers, industry leaders, and change makers, where we discuss topics relevant to leaders who want to thrive in the future of work. Today, I'm joined by Greg Roche, a successful business executive and a successful introverted networker. I first came across Greg way back in 2015 when I attended the third Disrupt HR Denver event. He shared a Disrupt HR talk called Idea Sex and Talent Management, which is still probably my favorite Disrupt HR talk that I've seen thus far, and I've seen quite a few of the over 7,000 talks that are shared online. Since then, as I followed him on LinkedIn, I've seen him develop into an expert who shares great tips and resources to help introverts grow their networks without going to networking events. Greg is the author of the book, The Fast and Easy Guide to Networking for Introverts, and he publishes a popular newsletter called The Introverted Networker, where he shares one networking tip each week. He also posts networking tips, encouragement, and advice every weekday on LinkedIn. As an introvert himself, Greg understands that networking is often challenging for introverts, but he firmly believes that it doesn't have to be. In our conversation today, he shares his journey from losing his job and realizing he needed to build his network to now teaching others how to network effectively as introverts. He'll also share some specific strategies that you and I can use to effectively build our networks, even if we dread networking events or struggle to put ourselves out there. As a fellow introverted networker myself, who also had to learn the hard way many years ago why a vibrant and active network is important, I think you'll learn a lot from our conversation today. Greg provides practical strategies that any introvert and even extroverts can use to build meaningful connections and expand their network. Well, welcome to the Impact Makers podcast, Greg. I'm so excited to talk to you for a number of reasons, but why don't we start out? Maybe you could share with us who you are and what you're all about. Thanks for having me on, Jennifer. Again, my name is Greg Roche. I live in Denver, Colorado. and I tell people when they say, what do you do? My answer to that question is I teach introverts to be better networkers. And I leave it at that. And then people say, well, that's interesting. How do you do that? Which I say, I, I post every day on LinkedIn. I've got a newsletter. I've written a book. I do coaching. I help people who struggle to make connections and help them grow their network. And people will be like, wow, that's amazing that you're able to do that all the time. And I say, yeah, that's what I do. That's sort of my thing. I would say my, my thing that I focus on and that I want to do long-term. I also have a day job. So I, I work for a large healthcare company here in the U S I run a compensation team. So I figure out how much to pay everybody in my part of the organization and I've been doing compensation and benefits and HR of some kind for about the last 15 years. And what I really try to do in my life is, is balance those kind of things, along with other stuff like my family and other interests. I, I try to really find a balance between my day job and leading my team and then working on helping introverts. 
and that's that's one thing I, I I don't really talk about how I do that, but it's it's something that is in my life. I, I'm always really trying to find balance between a lot of different things, and that's always the challenge, right? Is is how do you do those things that you really like to do or are really interested in or what I would say curious about and at the same time kind of do all the other things in life that are just a normal course of life things that you have to do to you know have a have a family and have a house and have have a, a you know a sort of a, just the, the the general things of life right you have to have you have to eat and live indoors too right while following your your dreams and your passions well i know i've been connected to you i think it was uh as i shared in the intro august maybe 2014 i attended the disrupt hr denver second event i believe it was yeah. and uh, i think you it was spoke 2015 2015 okay yeah. so uh, I, was, I, was, I was looking that up earlier today yeah i've been following you for eight years or so now and kind of watching your career journey and then saw that you started talking about uh networking and introverted networking somewhere along the way there i don't recall exactly so how did that come about that you kind of begin to focus in on this passion to help networks or introverts learn how to network better yeah like a lot of people's sort of direction it, it came out of my own need in 2012 i was laid off the first time from a job I had, or a company I'd been with for nine years. In that time, I had never focused on networking. I had always heard you should network and you need to meet people and get out there, but I didn't really know how. I thought networking was going to networking events and coming up with an elevator pitch and shaking hands and collecting business cards, all things which I don't like to do because I am an introvert and those are just things that don't connect with me. Uh, and we don't do the things that we don't like to do. We try to avoid them. And I avoided it. And then I lost my job. And I knew I needed to talk to people and connect with people. I knew from my time in HR that just applying and hoping wasn't going to do the trick. I found a way to connect with people and to network and ultimately landed a new job. But when I did that, I told myself I'm never going to be in that position again. I'm not going to be under networked in the future. So I continued to do those things I had done while I was looking for a job to grow my network over time and grow before I needed it. And it led to other opportunities coming up, other jobs, other positions, moving to different companies. So I I, I had several different changes in in organizations and new roles over the next call it five years i ended up at another company in 2017 about this time six years ago when i could tell things were changing there in the organization it was a private company it had it was a private equity company it had been purchased by a new owner things were changing and i got the sense this this could be there could be a shakeup coming and i had still been networking so i really activated that network and said, hey, I'm just keeping my options open. And it did turn out that they eliminated a layer of the company, which I was in. And they said, eliminating your position. I said, okay, fine. And I think it was three weeks later, I had a new job. So the first time I had looked for a job, it took me three months. The second time it took me three weeks. And all of that was because I already had my network going. People started asking me, how did you do that? 
that seemed like really easy for you. And I said, well, it looked easy at the end, but that's because I did all the work for the last five years to get in that position. And as they asked, I kind of really started to put my steps down on paper. I started to share it on LinkedIn. I started to do some coaching groups with people to tell them this is this is what's worked for me. See if it works for you. That's how I started to get into this. And then really, as I met a lot of people, saw just how many people struggled with this and how many people weren't doing it because they were struggling and thought, this is a play, this is something I can talk about for hours. Find that thing that you can talk about for hours. And you know, that's probably where you should go with your your efforts or your projects or your your side businesses or whatever. That was something I I, I found I could do. And it led to, again, posting a lot. I, I, I did that for a number of years. In 2020, I wrote a book about it during the pandemic. It was kind of my pandemic project and have continued to do that and done presentations, whether online or in person. Now I've gotten to the newsletter, which is something that I like to do because it helps me interact with my audience frequently and, and deliver that information in a way that that they can consume and learn about. So it's really led to all those things just because I needed to learn how to do it. Once I did it, I realized there were other people that needed to learn how to do it. So I've been trying to teach that every day since then so that somebody hopefully will come across it and not have to feel that pain of losing their job and then knowing they've never networked. Mm -hmm. So is this something that at least for a period of time, you kind of did out of the goodness of your heart, giving back, et cetera, but at some point turned it into a second income or a side hustle, however you refer to it? Yeah, absolutely. I think at first it was, I want to see if this is, I want to see if people can use my ideas and it will work for them. And I, I saw that through some of my coaching. I saw that through some of my interactions. I've had people reach out to me and say, you know, I did what you told me to do and it totally works. Like, I can't believe that worked. It, it seemed pretty straightforward and simple, but it worked. And, you know, thank you so much. And those are the best, best emails or best messages you can get. Also realized when I was doing that, that people will value it more if they actually pay for it. So there were times when I was saying, hey, I'm going to do this free workshop on networking. And I have a bunch of people sign up and then only a few people showed up. And they didn't show up because they were like, well, there's nothing at risk. I, I had a conflict. I won't be there. You know, that's fine. No big deal. But when, when people had to pay to be involved in it, they were invested. They had some skin in the game. And I think that sometimes as creators or people who are just starting out, you feel like, is this valuable? Is this worth it? Are people willing to pay? And so you're afraid to charge people for it. And I've I've never been great at sales. It's just not a thing I've ever been really awesome at. So it's something I continue to work on mindset and how to do that. But you have to realize that people, people value, if, if you're not going to value yourself, then neither is anybody else. Right. And so if you, if you want to make it a side income or a side hustle, you're going to have to ask people for money. And some people won't pay. That's fine. That's not your, your customer base. But the people who will are going to be more committed. They're actually going to get more value out of it than somebody who just comes along and tries to do it for free. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you balance this? I mean, you have a, a big job. 
pretty demanding job, I'm sure. I always have called, you know, on my recruiting days when I would get a search for someone in compensation. And I would be like, those people are the unicorns. Very few of them actually exist um, <laughs> because it's it's a, a lot of really intense work. So how do you balance that? And it should family life being a whole happy human with also doing what seems to be some very successful work with this other job that you have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as we were kind of talking before we got on, uh, I am an early morning person. I have always been an early morning person. So I wake up pretty early and try to do some work on either my posts or my newsletter or connecting with people or talking to people very early in the morning that ensures that I make some progress every day. It may not be a lot, but it's at least progress moving me farther down the path on this side side business or this you know project side project. I've always had a lot of side projects and some have worked out and some haven't, but I've always just tried to show up a little bit every day. I try to go with at least 15 minutes a day. And I know that sounds like minuscule and what you really need to do, but it's 1% of your day in terms of minutes. And so if you can just spend 1% of your day working on it now, typically I end up spending more, but I just tell myself that's, that's like the minimum. That's what you have to do every day. That again, helps me make progress. Like I said, I usually do more. Sometimes I'll spend hours on things, time on weekends it also does it at a time when nobody else wants me to do anything. So work hasn't started yet. Family's still asleep. Nobody else is asking me to do anything at the time. So I, I don't feel like I'm neglecting anything else. Then when it comes to the workday, I try to focus and get, a, get as much as I can done during my normal working hours and not you know, waste time or, or get distracted and, and try to think about how can I be really efficient at this. So part of what I find for me is having a lot going on makes me very focused and efficient. And I think sometimes people work long hours, they don't necessarily need to work long hours, but they feel like they're contributing more if they are working long hours. So I, so I try to get what needs to be done done and then move on to something else. And then in the evenings, I try to, you know, do stuff with the families, try to work out. I am big into my my own fitness and, and my own health. So, I, again, having all those sort of priorities and things that you set and say, these are the really important things to me and making sure you do them consistently is is what I think helps add balance for me. And a lot of that comes to developing habits and and doing, you know, getting it kind of a part of who you are, as opposed to this is a project I'm going to work on, or this is something I'm going to do for a period of time. It's like, no, this is who I am. This is my identity. I, I, I may not want to do this thing today, but I'm going to do it because it's who I am. Interesting. Well, I'm an introvert as well, which often surprises people. I'm sure it does for you too. You know, well, you mean what? You've been in eight, you worked in HR your whole career, or you uh, get up on stages and speak and you go to all these conferences and events and you're an introvert. I'm like, yeah, because I think people, well, I know people misunderstand what it means to be an introvert. So, how do you describe what it means to be an introvert? For me, and I think for a lot of people, being around others wears me out. 
there are people who get energy from it and there are people who are drained from it. I am one of the latter group. And I think that's what most introverts feel because I agree with you. People will say to me all the time, I don't think of you as an introvert because I'll come on a podcast. I'll give a speech. I'll give, I'll do a presentation. I'll have one-on-one conversations with people and they'll say, you don't seem like an introvert. And I'll say, yeah. And now that I've talked to you, I've got to go spend a little bit of time on my own to kind of recharge and and get back to neutral. And and then I can talk to somebody else. But yeah, even at work, like when you have the back-to-back-to-back meetings, even if they're on video, by the end of those days, I'm just, I'm mentally drained. I'm not physically drained, just mentally, I can't process anything else. And I think that's what a lot of introverts feel. And when it comes to networking, if you have to go to an in-person event with a bunch of people, that's even more draining. And so people think about how they feel when they're drained and they say, I don't want to feel like that. So I'm not going to go to that event. And again, as, as far as networking goes, a lot of introverts avoid it because they don't want to get in that situation. So for me, that's what it looks like. And, and I'm, I'm with you. I, I hear that all the time from people saying, you don't, you don't seem like an introvert. I said, well... Maybe you don't, they, they probably are extroverts. They don't really understand introversion very well. That's why I explain the same way where, where I get, where people get or, or drain energy is about the introversion for me. But I guess you, my guess is, is that you have to do a lot of mindset work with some of your clients to get them to not describe themselves as an introvert, as shy or you know, other shy is one that always comes up, but people who don't like people, et cetera, probably some of them have bought into that themselves as to why they don't want to go out to networking events or to meet with people to just have a chat, et cetera. Do you have to do some mindset work in the beginning? All the time. And and I would say I've met very few people who don't like people. It's they don't like people they don't know or they're they feel uncomfortable with people they don't know. One thing I usually have to do is say pretty much everything you think about networking, we're going to have to change that. And most people, and I was one of these people, believe you have to go to a room full of strangers and make small talk to network. What I try to tell people is think about everybody who's already in your life. Where did you meet them? Most people you have in your life, you met them because they were close to you in proximity. Whether it was as a kid growing up on your neighborhood street, you were friends with people on that street. You didn't pick to live there, most likely, and neither did they, but you became friends because you were close to them. You went to a school and those students, you became friends with them. You went to college and all the people around you went to the same college, they became your friends. There wasn't, you you didn't, and you might've picked from that group of people who you connected with more, but you only connected with them because they were close to you. As we become professionals, you work with people and the people you work with tend to be the people you talk to all the time, the people you connect with, the people you get to know. You may not become best friends like you had in college or high school or anything like that, but you at least know them and they know you. So the people around us are who are in our circle. The other people we know are people who have been introduced to us by those people in our circle. So this is kind of a couple ways. There's very few people in your life that were complete and total strangers that you just met on the street. It happens, but it's very rare. 
So the mindset shift is start with who you already know, right? So you already have a network. You already have people you've worked with. There's a good chance you're probably still on good terms with most of them. Reach out to them and reconnect because we too often people neglect the network they already have. They have in this in their mind, it has to be new people. And most people, if you were to go through your LinkedIn profile, all the places you work or your resume and just start thinking of people you worked with and writing down their names, you'd probably come up with a pretty decent list of people you haven't talked to in a while. These are called dormant ties. And this was a, a term that was in an Adam Grant book called Give and Take, one of his earlier books. But it was based on a study that MIT did around executives who had reached out to people they'd worked with in the past but hadn't talked to for a few years. And they found that the response rate was much higher than the executives expected because these people know your name already. When you send them an email or a LinkedIn message, they're going to say, oh, I know that person, so I'm going to respond. And they got much better interaction and advice and, and knowledge from these people when they talked to them than they were getting from their everyday circle. So we all have these dormant ties we need to reconnect with and reactivate. Once you start doing that and you start talking to them and having conversations and reestablishing those relationships, those people have gone off and met new people. And so they can connect you to those new people who you can add to your network. So you don't even have to go to an event and meet somebody brand new. You're going to get introduced eventually by people you already know. So that's that's really at a high level, what I tell people and talk to them about. And that takes a lot of the fear out of it because you say, oh, I know these people. I don't feel so bad. I don't feel that there's a, a risk in reaching out to them. Maybe a little bit because sometimes people will say, well, I haven't talked to them in so long. They're going to say, why are you reaching out to me now? And I said, well, you're not going to reach out to them and ask them for anything. You're going to reach out to them and ask them how they're doing, how they've been, what's going on in their life and have a conversation you're going to start to establish more of a, a professional relationship. And then as you go through this, you're looking for opportunities to help them. I think that's the other thing is people don't like to network because they feel like I'm going to ask somebody to help me get a job or I'm going to ask them for a referral or I'm going to ask them to do something. Maybe eventually, but you're going to do that after you've helped them. So I always tell people, if, if you feel awkward about networking, the way to get over that is to give to other people first. If you give something to people and they value it and they think, you know, that was amazing. I can't believe you helped me with no preconditions or anything. They're going to want to help you. I mean, subconsciously, they're going to want to balance the karmic scales. They don't want to be... I don't want to say in debt because it's not like they feel like they're in debt to you, but they don't want to owe you for very long. They want to they want to pay it back. They'll come back to you and say, how can I help you? And then you say, well, I, I'd like to meet this person or this person or I'm looking at this list of target companies and I would really love to meet somebody to talk to them what it's like there. Do you know anybody? And they may or they may not, but at least they kind of have an idea how they can help you and, and they'll try to help you. You don't even have to ask them. They're going to ask you. When they do that, that's how you get introduced to new people. And again, you're not cold outreach. You're not cold calling. Somebody you know is introducing you to somebody they know. And now you've got this new connection and you start the process all over. So it's something you can do. And, and it's like a one-to-one -one type of thing. But that's the other mindset I think is people think I got to meet 10 new people. No, go have 10 conversations with people you already know. 
sometimes those are just fun to catch up. Not every conversation leads to a new life-changing opportunity, but some of them do. And if you keep doing that, that's how you're going to meet new people. That's how you're going to grow your network. Mm -hmm. I was about seven years ahead of you, I guess, and following this same journey, losing my job as a person who had no, really no network. Yes, I had worked with people, but I engaged a coach. I had outplacement in my employment contract, but I came across like a month before my job ended the idea of a career coach, which I'd never heard of. And so I actually went to my CEO and I said, instead of the outplacement, can I just hire an individual coach? And he was like, sure. So it was cheaper. Um, <laughs> and I had to be taught what you are teaching your clients, basically, as I, you know, the first thing he said was once we got the marketing plan and the resume together, he's like, okay, now you have to go out and network. And I was like, I don't do that. And he said, well, now you do. It's your job to go out and network. And he said, so start with the people, you know, and I said, I don't know anybody. So long story short, he started me with one person who kind of helped me fan out from there. But I became, I'm competitive, even with myself, or at least I like goals and games, I became very engaged in the idea of just meeting people. And I'm very curious. It's one reason why I have a podcast. I like to learn about people. I, I loved learning their stories. And so, as you said, it wasn't that I was out and, and my coach told me this. You're not looking for a job. You're not asking for a job. You're trying to learn about what people are doing in the field that you want to make a change to or to, you know, just have a conversation with them and see how you could help. So that became interesting to me because you said I wasn't coming in with my, to plot my resume in front of them and say, I know you don't know me, but who do you know? And how can you help me get a job? <laughs> and it worked magically. And then I began kind of teaching a little bit about what I knew, but, you know, one of the things you said, and I think it's very important, give first. So if I am a person who maybe I am unemployed or I'm, really wanting to meet with people to make a change of some sort or to learn about something to make a change. What are some things that you suggest to the people you work with that they can give? Because that is the magic to give first, to be able to get people to want to help you or to know enough about you to help you. But I think that's the challenge for a lot of people. Okay. So I, I sort of know Jennifer McClure. I want to ask her to have a cup of coffee with me, with, with me which is a mistake because I don't drink coffee. You should know that if you know me. Um, <laughs> yeah, Diet Coke all the way, people. Okay. Right. Um, but then I'm going to show up in front of her and try to get her to like me. So what do I bring to the table? It's That comes up a lot, especially when people are trying to network with somebody who's maybe farther ahead in their career than they are or at a higher level organizationally people say what what can i give to this other person and it doesn't have to be a lot we we think of giving as being some grand thing that i'm going to give this person some lead that's going to change their life when it comes to these conversations you're thinking about and hannah morgan she's a um, career coach online on linkedin she calls it air so advice introduction recommendation can you give this person a piece of advice? And the advice could be, hey, I read this cool book, you should read it. Or, hey, I read this article, you should check it out. Or, hey, I've solved that problem before. Here's how I solve it. Introduction. Can you introduce them to somebody you know that's that's beneficial to them, not to you, but beneficial to that person? Or, you know, a recommendation, again, book or something else that you you can give them information. It's really kind of knowledge you're giving them. The question becomes, how do you know what to give them? 
And so this goes into the conversation when you start having a conversation, which is, again, what I tell people is because they'll say, what are we going to talk about? So I'm, I'm, I'm sitting down with Jennifer McClure. What am I going to talk about with Jennifer McClure? And I always tell people to start by asking the other person about their favorite topic. And they'll say, well, what's their favorite topic? I said, it's the same for everybody. It's themselves. Everybody's favorite topic is themselves. Not from a selfish standpoint, but it's the thing we know the most about. I mean, the person we know the best is the person we spend the most time with, which is ourselves. So ask them about themselves. What are you working on? What challenge are you facing? What was something you're looking forward to in the next month? What, what is your goals? Ask them about themselves and then listen. Because I think too much we think we have to take up the whole conversation talking about ourselves, which of course we want to because it's our favorite topic. But be the person who asks people questions. Follow your curiosity, figure out what's going on. And as they talk, you're probably going to come up with a thought of, oh, I thought of this. I thought of this piece of advice, or I thought of this person I can introduce them to. I thought of this recommendation I could give them. And then give it to them. Say, hey, you know, for what it's worth, here's what I'm thinking. Maybe you could try this out. If not, you know, no problem. Or if you do try this or you do this, let me know how it goes. You're trying to listen for opportunities to give the person something. And, and again, it doesn't have to be big. The, the study on reciprocity that uh, Dr. Robert Cialdini did in his book, Influence, which is about persuasion, was they, they went to, they did a study at restaurants. You go to a restaurant and if you go to an Asian restaurant, they, they give you a fortune cookie with a bill. Other restaurants might give you a mint or something with a bill. And they actually proved that in restaurants that do that, people tip more than restaurants. that. So you don't think about that because you're like, ooh, a mint or ooh, a fortune cookie. Great. I love this. But it's actually they proved that people will tip the server more when they give that little gift. So it doesn't have to be a lot that you're giving people. It's just something else that you're giving them so that they think I want to reciprocate and pay this person back. I think it's, you know, I often get asked, how do you connect with quote influencers or people in your field that maybe are out in front and and sharing information, et cetera. And, and my advice is similar, you know, comment on their posts, like share their posts, make, as you said, I like that air advice, introductions, recommendations. I can name five people right now that I've never met who regularly comment on my posts on LinkedIn or share them or like them that if they did reach out to me and want to have a conversation or ask me for something, I would be more than happy to help them because I recognize them now and I know them and and I feel some indebtedness to them. And I also typically will, if I'm not already, go to their profile and follow them and you know like and, and share their content. So it's not as hard, I think, as I made it. Maybe you made it way back when. But it's also, I think you have to be intentional about it. You know, you can open up your LinkedIn profile every day and scroll down and like all your friends' posts. But does that help you expand your network or the people that you learn from, et cetera? I'm very interested in your LinkedIn strategy. You mentioned I see your posts every day, and I know you post every day on LinkedIn. When did that come about? And how how did you decide what to do on LinkedIn to kind of build your brand and your network there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it, it's interesting because LinkedIn has evolved over time. And I will frequently, I about every three months, I download my LinkedIn archive from, uh, I get my data file. 
And part of that is backup, but there's value in that. I'll go back through, there's a file in your LinkedIn profile called shares, which is your posts. And if you go back and you look through that, it'll show you what you posted on what date and gives you a link to that. I was looking through that recently, going back to, you know, 2017, 2018, and, and we weren't really writing posts on LinkedIn like people write posts now. It was like sharing articles and, hey, I saw this cool thing or I have a job. You know, LinkedIn was very much about you show up and you, you share a link to something else. And of course, over time, LinkedIn prioritized posts because they don't want you leaving the platform. So if you link to other things, generally, you're not going to get a lot of engagement. Like, it, like any social media, they're all like that, right? So I would post things every once in a while when I would think about it. 2021, I really got very intentional about posting every day. And the challenge with that, if you start doing that, no matter what you do, is you're going to figure out, like, I've kind of run out of things to post about. I, there's always new ideas and there's new stuff, but you try to think of new ways to write it and new ways to to come at it. But one thing you have to realize, and, and this happens to a lot of people who, who show up on LinkedIn all the time, you have to get over the idea that you have to have a completely original idea every day because that's not going to happen. <laughs> but if you think about it, what you're trying, most of your audience, most of the people who see you on LinkedIn, they're not going to see everything you post. They're not going to see you every day unless they intentionally go look at your post every day. And there's some people that do that, right? But if they're just going through their feed, they're not going to see every time you post, even if you post at the same time every day. So they're not seeing everything you're seeing, right? And even if they do, they're probably not going to remember. So the challenge for people posting on LinkedIn, and, and we, we think of this as the spotlight effect, right, is that everybody's watching us all the time. And the reality is they're not. I mean, most people aren't watching us all the time they again they might follow us they might like our posts all the time they might comment every day i've got a group of people who we comment on each other's posts every day we're not a pod we haven't agreed to do that there's no sort of agreement or we get anything out of it we just all talk about the same things they're career coaches and resume help and you know their people are in the same space so we all talk about the same stuff we kind of help each other and support each other but it's there's no agreement there's no commitment right? But most people aren't like that. And, and new people are always joining LinkedIn and new people are jumping on the platform. They're going to see my content. So I guess my, all that to say, it's okay to rework something you've already posted. I mean, I'm not saying just post the exact same thing. You can change it up a little bit. You can do things differently. You have to get over that so you can continue to do that because consistency is what helps you gain new followers, right? Because somebody's going to come across it. They haven't been on the platform for a while. They're like, ooh, this is new. And they, they follow you. So the, the consistency helps LinkedIn feel like you're going to be around. So they're going to show your posts more. And as you grow your, your followers and your connections, they're going to share it. They're going to comment. When they comment, their people, their friends will see them commenting on it and, and maybe check it out. So that's kind of, I got... To this point where I was like, okay, I'm going to do this every single day. I've had to work on ways to continue to create content and, and put it out there and have experimented with different things. And, you know, sometimes people are like, hey, reach is down. LinkedIn's not spreading it as much. It's harder to get traction. I think if you stick with it, I mean, you're, you'll, you'll win in the long run. If you don't worry about all those kind of things as much and you just keep showing up, it's going to do what you want it to do. 
So, and, and, you know, I, I've, I had periods of time when like my posts were getting tons and tons of people and I was getting way, you know, and every once in a while I'll link to my newsletter and people will sign up and I'm like, Oh my God, look at this. I'm like killing it. And then it flattens out and it's like, all right, keep showing up, keep doing it, you know, hope to get to the point when it goes up again. So it's a, it's a long game. And, and for me, this is something that's like, I'm not trying to hit it huge. Like right now I'm trying to build the base for longer term and in a, a, second half of my career in life where I maybe do this more than than the day job. So for me, it's it's the ability to kind of build and test and experiment and get a lot of experience on what works and doesn't. And then, you know, have that basis there in the future for, you know, a bigger business to, to, to come out of this. Mm-hmm. Well, how can people work with you today or or engage with you? What Where can they go or what should they do? Yeah, I mean, the best place is LinkedIn because everything starts there for me. That's my main social platform. I've got some stuff on some other platforms, but LinkedIn's the main place. On my profile, there's links to my newsletter, which I always encourage people to go because every Saturday I'll send out, you know, new information on networking, the latest stuff I've learned, new strategies, tips, or other things that I'm hearing from my readers who will send me their their challenges. So I ask everybody who subscribes, what's your biggest networking challenge? And a lot of people respond to that and send that to me. So uh, I try to address those. I think I also, you know, if, if you want, you know, more information quicker, you, there's links to my book, some other guides that I've, I've put together. So that's really the main place. And if you just want to follow and see what I'm doing and what I'm talking about, just hit the follow button on LinkedIn. So you can start to see my posts. And then, as you said, the best thing to do is leave a comment. Likes and shares are great, but comments are the real interaction. And so I tell people, don't be afraid to comment because the people, if you've got somebody who's actually engaged on the platform, they're going to respond or they'll recognize it. Sometimes people are like, oh, I want to meet some famous person, so I should comment. It's like, are they responding to comments? Because if they're not, they probably didn't post it. Their social media manager did it or they put it in a scheduler or they don't get on the platform. So look for creators and people that are responding to comments. Those are the people that will engage with you. Those are the people that will get to know you when you connect. They'll say, hey, send me a message. Let me know how I can help you. Um, So definitely don't just be kind of, I know there's a lot of people that just kind of like to lurk out on on LinkedIn. It's okay if that's all you want to do, but jump in and join the conversation. It's pretty low risk. I mean, worst thing that can happen is you don't get a response, right? So uh, it's definitely, definitely changed a lot. And I think it's a strong platform to meet new people, especially in your, your career, uh, so that you can use, start to make some of those connections and, and potentially see some, some new opportunities. Yeah. And I think it's important for people to realize that you can train the algorithm to show you more of what you want but you have to engage with the platform in order to do that. Just this morning, I was trying to retrain Instagram. <laughs> I'd gone off on a path one day this week looking at something, and now on my Explore page, it's all that. And I'm like, no, 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 go back to showing me <laughs> what I want to see. So, so you can't train them. Well, we will, as people who listen to podcasts know, we'll link up to all those ways they can access you on in the show notes. But certainly, there probably aren't very many Greg Rochets on LinkedIn, are there? There's a few. There's probably some. I mean, there's like some there's like a jazz DJ somewhere out on the East Coast and there's like a cyclist in Australia or something like that. But, you know, we're, we're not really in the same circles, so we don't overlap too much. 
All right. Well, they should be able to find you if they take a look at what you're posting about. So I appreciate you. I think, you know, again, we, we have some similar histories and I always appreciate learning from people who have walked that journey and appreciate that you're sharing what you've learned with people and helping them to maybe overcome some of their own thoughts about what they can and can't do in terms of networking and building relationships. So thank mm -hmm. you for that. Yeah. Thank you. Great to be on the show. It's time for you to get noticed, create change and grow your influence. Don't waste any time. Subscribe to this podcast and help us get the word out by leaving a review.